Welcome back, everyone, to a special edition of the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Kevin Sully, joined by Gordon Mack. Pleased to be with you on NCAA Cross Country Championship Saturday. I'm feeling great, Gordon. You told me before you're feeling feeling a little nervous. You get nervous before these things, which is interesting. Yeah, I, it's it's a weird feeling. I always get these weird nerves before national championships, USA's Olympic finals. Especially because you feel like you know these athletes, you know you've you've covered them, you've interacted with them, you, you've seen them when they were a nobody, and you've seen when they become somebodies. So there's just a lot of like, you know, not that they're your kid or anything, but like you just you know them, so you want to see them do well. You want to see, you know, you want to see how it plays out. So you kind of get nervous. I, I get it. it's weird. Like I get it when even when I just watch anything, like right before a basketball game, I get nervous just mm-hmm. before any sporting competition. I get nervous, even though I have no connection to anything. I'm not controlling the, I'm not coaching the basketball game. I'm not writing mm-hmm. the workouts, but hey, still get nervous. It's good. It's good to feel something. Makes you feel alive. Yeah. So we have it right now. It is uh, 9.05 central time. In about 15 minutes, we're going to start with the the women's race. We will. You'll not see the race on this feed. I'm going to say it right now. You're not going to see the race on this feed. What you are going to see is the live updates. On the scores, which you can see on the screen right now, you're going to see our special guests coming up soon, and you're going to get some analysis throughout the race and some observations from me, Gordon, and our special guests, which will be Courtney Frerichs for the women's race, and then Justin Knight for that men's race. Uh, Gordon, anything else you want to add about the setup? Pretty self-explanatory. We got the diehards in this feed, so I think they know what to expect when they're looking at, at the cross-country results rolling in. Yeah, this is that ultimate second screen experience. We'll have the breakdown of every split here. We'll have Justin Knight during the men's race. We'll have Courtney Ferricks during the women's race. They can give their real life experience of what these athletes are going through. Um, both Courtney was part of Courtney and Justin were part of team championships. Uh, Justin was part of a, a national individual title going up against you know NAU guys back in Louisville in 2017. So you can give some insight there. And I think Courtney ran on this course as well. So a lot of, a lot of real-world uh, insight that you're going to get here. I'm excited to hear from them, see what they say, see what their thoughts are, their predictions, what they think of the women's field, the men's field. It's going to be uh, very informative and very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to touch on any, any last bit of news. Now, the results – page is interesting in the morning of because teams enter sometimes 14 people and then you can see people's teams get whittled down to the seven that they're going to run with or the seven that we believe they're going to run with i know you've been monitoring that this morning have you noticed anything any key scratches on either the men's or the women's sides yeah we already have a big scratch um alabama's uh uh she finished i think third overall last year was it top three? Mm-hmm. She finished third overall last year. She was part of Alabama's big four up front. She is a scratch. She didn't run regionals, and now she's ultimately not running nationals. So that's a big blow to <laughs> Alabama's podium chances. They needed to have those strong four runners up front. Unfortunately, they don't have that, and now they're kind of dealing with what they got. They still have Mercer Schlangat going for the individual win, but their title hopes kind of took a huge hit. When they lost out on Tanisma, who looks like she's just out for the season because she didn't run regionals and she's not running nationals. Mm-hmm. 
for the top-ranked NC State Wolfpack, who are going to go for their first title in program history. They're going to run with Tui, Steelman, Holt, Hayes, Claremont, Camille, and Bush. New Mexico, one of the key contenders, has Cohen, Goldstein, Emma Heckel, Grayson Larkin, Mazadowney, Parsons, and Upshaw listed. Uh, BYU, Camp, Frenthaway, Halliday, Lee, Martin, Musselman, and Orton. And then the other team that we believe is a title contender, Colorado, Borman, Covert, DeGenero, Johnson, MacArthur, Minuti, and Abby Nichols. You mentioned Chalangat in the mix for the individual title. We expect that to be a good battle between her, Whitney Orton, Kaylee McCabe, perhaps some other dark horses as well too. But we're going to uh, we're going to all we're going to see it all in about about 12 minutes. BYU going for the repeat. Obviously, New Mexico and Colorado have won recently, and it's interesting. A program is storied as NC State going for their first title, first title in program history. They've been on the podium eight times. Gordon, they've finished in the top 10 16 times, um, but have never been atop the title. Laura Hennis is going to try to get it done today. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to watch. We're going to have splits at the 1.17 meter mark, uh, then 2K, 3K, 4K, 5K. Basically, every K will have a split, so we'll be able to not have to wait too long between individual uh, markers to kind of understand where the team race <clears throat> is developing. And it uh, should be a, a great battle between the big four teams up front with BYU, NC State, New, ew, joking over myself, BYU, NC State, New Mexico, and Colorado. Mm -hmm. Weather report. We need to get, can we get, can we get Travis to pull up the, the weather in Tallahassee this morning? I feel like every good broadcast has a weather report. Um, I'm a, it, from the feed that I'm looking at, looks nice. As can be expected, because it's Florida in, in November. So I'm guessing that yeah. the weather's going to be nice. There it is. There it is. 56 degrees right now. Expected to nine be per hour. What... Nine, yeah. nine meters, nine miles per hour wind. <laughs> Not know? meters per second. You got your track. You have your track brain on right now. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, I'm oh, not sure man. though how the wind's going to affect in that park because there's woods in the park. So I'm not mm -hmm. sure how crazy is. Let's be honest. None of us are weathermen or weather women. We don't know what's going on with the weather. We just know it is nice. It is clean. It is perfect. It's perfect running weather. It's basically Peyton Jordan, Stanford invite, Brian Clay class uh, invite type weather yeah. for these distance runners. So no like crazy storms or winter or rain. It's just going to be truly the best talent will succeed. Yeah, I don't think there's any mud out there. We, we, we have not heard any reports of mud in not just the course, probably in all of Tallahassee today, there is no mud. Uh, so we're about 10 minutes from the start of this women's race. You want to talk a little bit about the men? I know we're going to get to them a little bit later, but um, obviously the headline on the men's side, NAU going for five and six, Oklahoma State. Interesting uh, season this year, coming off a great run on their home course last year where they um, ran to a third-place finish. You have uh, Notre Dame in there as well, who was solid last year. Um, pretty pretty open men's race. If you've been following the season this year, open open on the men's side of things, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, 
we've had arguments back and forth. There was a time I was big on Arkansas, then I was off Arkansas. There was times when I said Notre Dame can't win. Now I believe they can win. Um, and it kind of whittled itself down to three teams, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, and NAU. Um, flow track rankings put the order of OK State, NAU, Notre Dame. But obviously people are going to see that and be like, are you kidding me? NAU is going to win. They're the defending champs. They're going for five out of six. I 100% mm-hmm. agree. I think NAU can win. Um, but one little side note I did was I, uh, do it, I did a little final algorithm on the men's side. There's an algorithm mm-hmm. that I created that is based off of purely only – what's that? Oh, you know what? We'll get to the algorithm later. Let's bring on our no special guest. No more algorithms. Courtney Frerix is here with us right before this women's race. So we'll join Courtney and uh, talk with her a little bit about this women's race coming up. Yeah. So joining us now, she was on the show in March when we had the weird cross-country championships in March. Since then, she went and won another silver medal. She's very reliable on the track. She's also very reliable participant on the show, so we appreciate it. It's Courtney Frerichs, former NCAA champion for New Mexico, one of only six women to break nine minutes in the steeple, two-time silver medalist, as I mentioned. Courtney, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Good. How are you guys? <laughs> we are thrilled. Um, I want to start first, before we get into this race, you've run this course. You've run in Tallahassee nice. back in, in 2019. There's been a lot of discussion about the course just because – we're used to the bad winter weather and we are not seeing bad winter weather today. What can you tell us about the course itself? Um, it's definitely a really fast course. You know, I think it has fantastic footing throughout. You have that back section that's, um, what is it, like crushed seashells. And so um, I think it's going to be a much faster course than we're used to seeing for a national championship. But um, I think it's going to be really exciting. And um yeah, I'm excited to see what what's going to happen. And like you said, the weather is going to be entirely different than we're used to. I think we're used to like Midwest, like kind of almost wintry conditions. And I think it's like what, up like 60s probably right now. So. Yeah, Gordon, we're at 50, mid 50s, I think right now. Yeah, okay. mid 50s. When uh, <laughs> if you were transported back into college life and you were getting ready to run with the Lobos for this type of race, would you adjust anything about your race strategy, knowing that there's not the classic cross-country style weather? Like, would there be anything like, um, hey, maybe I'll go out harder or easier? What would you do? Yeah, I think that is exactly how I would adjust it. Um, you know, I look back at a lot of my personal NCAA races, or even whenever we won in 2015, and we kind of relied on, um, you know, some of that normal either weather or challenge that we would see in a more Midwest style kind of cross country setting. And I think that getting out fast and kind of early positioning could come in really, really key with, with this race. So um, yeah, I hope my, I hope my Lobos obviously selfishly are thinking, are thinking about that. Cause I just know that was something that I definitely struggled with. And in 2015, we had a little bit of a hard time with, we really, it, it came down to that last 2k was kind of how we were able to pull off. Um, our day. Go for it, Kevin. We'll go back. And yeah, forth I was just going to ask about. I was just going to ask about New Mexico because you know we the way we have it forecasted right now, we think there's four teams that that have a shot. New Mexico is one of them. With the two seasons back to back, it's interesting because 
basically everybody could just come back from mm -hmm. from March. But one thing that stood out about the New Mexico team is the, the pack has just been so tight this year. They've had three different women serve as the number one runner. What do you know about the squad and what do you think they're going to have to do today to to get it done? You know, like you just said, like they have an incredible pack and there's seven different women practically that could be their number one. And I think that's super exciting. And um, I was able to be at the conference meet and watch them um, sweep that meet. And what I really noticed was their ability to run together. And I think that that's going to be really important, but that they're going to be relying on some of that older leadership, um, you know, maybe Amelia or Adva, um, Graceland, those that have been at the national championship before to get the pack in the right spot. Um, so I think if they can work together and, you know, place themselves in the right spot, I really think that they could walk away on top of the podium today. I know they have the pieces, so. <laughs> when you when you saw your, uh, your alma mater do that sweep, they won one through seven at Mountain West. Mountain West is not like a, a gimme meet. Like there's great teams there, Boise State, one of them. And for them to go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, did you see that coming? What was kind of the reaction that you had when you saw that in, in real life? seeing your team kind of do something oh my gosh. I, with the perfect Yeah, I, mean, I was ecstatic. Like I knew they'd won Wisconsin. So obviously, um, you know, they were really moving very, very well in the right direction towards, you know, I think being a favorite. And, um, but I mean, we were not close to going one through seven when we won in 2015. So I think it just shows you the depth of the team. Um, and like I said, it, it was just so amazing too, to just see how, not even how many women could even be in the top five of that team, but in the top seven of that team, because they're all so close. Um, so it's it's so much fun. It's so much fun to see the culture that's been able to still like be present there, how excited they get about cross country, how excited they get about the team race. Because I, I think that's what is so special at NCAA cross country is is that team race. Like having been there as an individual and on on a team, it's so much fun like getting to go into uh, the meat and, and focusing on what you can do together. Is there like As a, a professional? Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Is go there ahead. like a group, is there a group chat that starts getting more louder and louder as we get closer to another national championship with you and your former teammates? <laughs> we talk about it some, but not, not too much like that. Um, I actually just saw one of my teammates though, from, um, from UNM, she's out here with, she coaches in NAIA school and NAIA nationals were here in the Portland area. And, and so we were discussing it all last night. Like, what did, what do they need to do? Like, what's going to happen? So it's fun. I feel like it's so fun to still be invested, even if I'm, you know, so far removed that I was never even close to being on the team with anyone there now. <laughs> As a pro, the strange scheduling this year obviously impacted you, but from the NCAA perspective, you know, shifting cross country to the spring and then there was the indoor meet back to back was very difficult for some teams to deal with. And we saw some teams completely thrive in that. And I don't know if it was anything that could be replicated in the future because it was such a unique circumstance. But what do you think about how you would have approached this season given all the, I don't want to say uncertainties because we knew the meet was going to happen for the last couple of months, but just with all the the changes from the beginning of this year in January to where we are now. Yeah, I mean, I think that, and even in my own, I guess, competing this summer, um, mm -hmm. there was almost a whole new level of gratitude every time you got to step on a starting line. Um, 
So I'd almost like really encourage athletes to have that approach. Like, even though everything felt way more certain this fall, um, mm-hmm. we were just so used to competition always being a given. And so, um, I think that kind of would have been my focus, obviously. Yeah. From a training standpoint, given just almost the, the chaos of so many championships and, and racing all of a sudden that happened at the very end of kind of the last school year, you probably would have wanted athletes to take a pretty decent break. Cause I think that. Mm-hmm. So this year was kind of the first year in in a while that things were relatively normal per se, like being back in actual classrooms and, um, you know, traveling a bit more and stuff like that. And so, you know, I, my husband coaches at Portland State who they have their very first qualifier here today. So we're super excited about that. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I in talking with him about when their athletes were starting back, you could tell there were just like being back in the classroom was just even new stresses that they, they hadn't been used to for nearly a year and a half. So mm-hmm. certainly just like finding the balance of like kind of patience with getting used to everything. And, and then also just gratitude that, you know, things were kind of returning to normal in terms of competition. So it looks like the race is about to start coming up to supposed to start at 920. It's 920 and 45 seconds. So looks like they're on a starting line, getting ready to go. It's going to be exciting. Uh, our feed is a little bit delayed, so it looks like the race has already started, but we'll kind of react in real time to the feed that we're watching here between Courtney and Kevin. New Mexico, show New Mexico, look, they're dancing. Is there like a go-to pep talk that New Mexico does right before every big race? Um, I mean, Joe is a man of few words. He keeps things pretty simple. Um, his classic is have fun and find your friends. <laughs> he doesn't just yeah, show yeah. your races Maybe he shows huh? the olympic race he shows your move <laughs> in the, at the olympics and just just do this just do something like this yeah <laughs> so and that's one of the what? cool things about like i mean there's a lot of pride for us getting to put the turquoise on but um the turquoise is easy to find on the cross-country course and so it makes it easy to find people to to run with and race with and there's always that comfort level whenever you have teammates and so, and, and that's something that really sticks out to me from when we won was I was running with a teammate at every single point of the race in 2015. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget running side by side with Alice Wright, like nearly the last 2000 meters. Um, and so that's what I'm going to definitely be looking for out of Lobos. And I just think out of a lot of the teams, I think that's just such a special part of cross country. Mm-hmm. It looks like we're still waiting there. Scanning the entire start line here. Looks like they're finally going to get ready to go any moment now. Our feed is a little bit delayed from the live results, but we'll keep you updated throughout. Let's just let's um, live in the past, Gordon. Let's live in the we'll past. We'll live in the past. We don't need, yeah, we'll live yeah, we in real time what we're seeing on, yeah. on our TV. What so just to clarify, Courtney, you think they're gonna go out fast? Just basically I think the race will go out fast. You know, I think this is a really, really fast course. Um and I think the conditions seem like they're really, really awesome for running fast today. So, um, yeah, it looks like a fast start to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that side angle, it like gives you a perspective of how quickly they're going. Yeah, yeah. That's when I get a little nervous. I'm like, come on, 6K, got a long way to go. Yeah. But and there's definitely some rolling hills on the backside, and there's a really large one that you hit um, right before, I guess they'd be doing, what, three loops? 
I think but, uh, um, two for the women. Two, 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 yeah, two for the yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I actually have never. Women. I've only run. I've only run ten k here, so mm. um, <laughs> yeah. 10K. So at least they probably. I don't know about the six k stuff. I've only run the ten k. <laughs> <laughs> when you ran that ten k, did you get any thoughts like, hey, maybe I could have done this in college? I'm sure you've seen. There's always new yeah. calls to get the women to to run longer distances in the cross country. Yeah, you know, I've kind of always felt like moving up to kind of that 8K distance for the call it like the collegiate women um, would be really appropriate. I don't know. Of course, like I also know I was running on a really strength based team. So we're like, yeah, make it longer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I absolutely think women are capable of of running longer distances. And, um, you know, I think it would be fun to see it, especially I mean, I personally transitioned up to running 10K cross country pretty quickly um one year post collegiate so um i think it's pretty fun <laughs> all right we, like we are symbols out front early Florida yeah State. running running at home right i guess yeah makes sense that they they do the most to maximize their uh their home home course advantage yeah, about two minutes in. but like yeah it look <laughs> yeah yeah it does look it does look quick early on. So Gordon, I'll be providing the splits at the bottom. Are we already through the 1.1? 1. 1? Are you ahead of us, Gordon, on your splits? Yeah, the splits are a little ahead. So um, <laughs> don't look at them. <laughs> don't look at them, I guess. <laughs> I mean, close your eyes. well, the, the, we'll get the splits up. But the feed is we're basically our feed is two minutes behind what the actual thing is happening in real time. So gotcha. I'm not going to wait gotcha. for the splits. I'm gonna get the splits right away. And then you guys can kind of watch it. I mean, the beginning of this race, nothing's really happening. Let's be honest. This is a giant pack of women of like 50 to 75. Courtney, have you ever been like stuck in the middle of a pack that's way too big for you? And you're like, what, like, what happens yeah. if you're actually in the middle of something like that? Um, you have to learn to not panic. Um, funny you asked that. So when we won in 2015, at about a mile in Louisville, particularly it, kind of it narrows quickly and, and wherever you are when you get into the part that it narrows it's very very difficult to move um and i looked to my right and two of my teammates that were also in our top five were right next to me and we were in the 70s about a mile in um so i think we were losing <laughs> by about 100 points at the 2k mark mm -hmm. and joe always it's always um Joe always says he had to like walk away from the course because of course, like we were losing by so much. He just needed to like step away. <laughs> it was so stressful, but it thankfully opened up right around 2k and we were able to find an opening and, and move up. But it was one of those, like I had to turn to my teammates and, and tell them, but also remind myself just like, don't panic. Cause it'll eventually yeah. open up and make a move. Um, but those early packs are difficult, which is, is why, you know, that it can be important to kind of get off the line quickly, which. I know for myself is something that was not my strong suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of it almost, I mean, you can intentionally try to go out hard, obviously, but a lot of it sometimes just feels like random because, oh, you're lined up on yeah. this side versus that side. And then you, you don't want to mm -hmm. go out too fast. And then all of a sudden you think you're in 30th and you're in, in 50th, but it feels like panicking is yeah. the worst thing you can do. Cause it, you have 6,000 meters. The cream is eventually yeah. going to rise to the top. Yeah. And that's, what's I so cool about NCAA cross country is that, like there's just so many competitors and you can really pick people off like very like 
quickly because there's like always another pack to be looking to. And mm -hmm. so you just can't panic and you got to have some patience for sure. I think so we're through 2K. Go ahead, Gordon. Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we're through 2K, but uh, the 1.17K, which is the classic K <laughs> that everyone wants to know how everyone's doing. Uh, NC State had 62, massive lead over everyone else. Florida State second with 124. Stanford third, 166. And Ole Miss fourth and 242. So teams like Colorado was in seventh with 296. New Mexico was in 10th with 350. I think this is just a, a case of it's a giant pack. I mean, you can't really look too much into these scores yet till we get to at least three or four K. Yeah, I'm looking at NC State's group is pretty tight together though. Um, which is good, right? You want you want all you want to be able to at least see your see your fifth close to your first so that way when the moving does happen, they're able to move together. Courtney mentioned find your find your friends and run with them. It's probably helpful to yeah, yeah to orient yourself or around them but lauren ryan of of florida state running very aggressively in their early stages so yeah updated the uh, 2k splits now are on their screen um with uh now nc state 119 minnesota 205 florida state 257 byu 272 and new mexico 275 so new mexico byu now getting closer and closer to that top but NC State still holding on to that big lead because they were able to get a bunch of their women in the front of that pack as opposed to in the mm -hmm. middle of that pack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was something, I mean, I think you see this a lot with the altitude schools and you kind of, your strength coming from altitude is going to be the second half of the race, um, at least from my experience. I would think too, the altitude schools would want it to be honest. Because yeah, yeah, you can mm -hmm. you can take advantage of, you can take advantage over that last two k. Whereas if it ends up being somewhat tactical and it turns into Coming a four k, yeah, yeah, can't really use it. As much. And so a team like New Mexico that is so deep too, you just think the more opportunities to to string it out, the mm -hmm. the better. But um, yeah. yeah, so yeah. looks like New Mexico moved up like five spots there uh, to to the two k split. Um, well, it looks like Minnesota. There all pretty close yeah minnesota in second that's they've got Surprise. <laughs> 11 12 13 which is really impressive yeah right yeah. now i said i said in the cross country show kevin new mexico i mean minnesota if they want to win they need a bunch of the top four teams that have blemishes but they need four i said they needed four all-americans uh mm -hmm. they have three right now if they can get their fourth runner who's currently at 76 points to 40 yeah and all of a sudden they're in conference conversation to win it yeah i'm surprised you know colorado's a bit back but I, I, I should say i'm not surprised that colorado's a bit back early on that seems to be their mo byu's i'm looking at people's fifth this is through 2k byu's fifth is at 110 new mexico's fifth is at 81 florida state's fifth is 78 minnesota's is 93 and nc state's is at 37 that's the that's the difference right there yeah, NC State's really got six that are positioned really well, too, because their number six is even at 53. So you can tell their plan was to be aggressive early. We got two. Let's see. We're, so we went through 3K here on the live results, but not on the feed. I'm going to cheat a little bit, Gordon, just so I sound like I know what I'm talking You're about cheating? at 3K. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to look at it. Like, wow, look at this move. <laughs> I mean, the 
Interesting story. When we uh, live streamed uh, Nutty Comb a few years, we actually had the feed delayed by 15 seconds. So during like the big kicks with like Justin Knight and like Sam Parsons and things like that, we actually knew the result of who won the kick. So when we made the call, we kind of had a little bit of advance notice of who was actually going to come out victorious. <laughs> we could see the finish with our eyes, but the feed, we were talking 15 seconds behind. Mm -hmm. So we got Orton there at the front. Is that Ryan and I see Chalangat? Is that Valby and McCabe up there as well, Gordon? Yeah. Yeah, Val Valby, McCabe, Orton, Chalangat, Nichols, Haas, Kameli. So all the, the big names up front except for Valby, mm -hmm. who no one really had this freshman leading the charge through 3K. She's uh, definitely going for it because – the people she's in front of are all like top national class athletes. Yeah, and this three K split, we're really going to see the the top four break away. Like this is this is where okay, the regular season mattered. It wasn't just a random thing. Like the four teams we thought were going to be in contention are are in contention once we get to that that three K mark. Valby though running spectacularly for for Florida, and McCabe has just had an amazing season. For West Virginia, and yeah, her win at uh, at Wisconsin was really impressive. She had a really good kick at the at the end, so she'll obviously be dangerous if there's a group of them coming into that that home stretch. So right now, it's through three K, NC State has a hundred points, BYU one fifty nine, New Mexico two ten, and Colorado two thirty four. So our top four, all in the four. Actually, our top five are in the five. Minnesota at fifth with two fifty one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those those ones have separated. Colorado moved up five spots from two K to three K. So just like that, they're in contention. New Mexico's pack looks pretty tight. I mean, everybody on New Mexico scoring is between twenty eight and fifty two, which at this yeah. point is a very small, small, small span there. I'm interested in Colorado. I love the uh, four and five or ninety-two and ninety-six. I love the sy sy symmetry, symmetry, symmetry. Good words of NC State. They have the twelfth, fourteen, sixteen, and eighteen <laughs> as their top four. Twelve, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen. Every other runner <laughs> makes sense. Courtney, how do you gauge the pay? I mean, it looks like they're moving and the packs thinned mm -hmm. out pretty quickly, but because splits and cross-country races are just all over the place and the course. You know, we don't know the just how difficult every twist and turn is. Like, how are you able to judge whether or not this is how fast this is and how many people are overdoing it and how many people are going to have something left for the final 2K? Yeah, I mean, I guess you, you kind of have to just learn who your competition is and trust if you kind of get around those people, you're going to be in the right spot. Because, um, mm -hmm. yeah, really, that's the beauty of cross country. I think that's why I personally always loved it. I and one of those people that would tend to overthink time. So going out in the cross course, it's all about, you know, kind of being really gritty. You're tough in the moment that you're in. And so this is really going to be that like kind of breaking point. This you're, you're past halfway, the moves are going to be start, start to be made. And so you really want to try to find those, you know, women that you're used to kind of being around. And that's, and that's where it can come in really wonderful. If you have teammates around, cause you're like, Hey, I train with this person every single day. Mm -hmm. um, if they're there, I can be there too. Like, let's do this together. I mean, like I said, I always talk about um, 
about Alice and I, but we found each other together at 4,000 meters. And mm -hmm. there was a, such a comfort level of being able to run side by side. And we were able to place fourth and fifth and break away from the chase pack because we were with each other. Um, mm -hmm. It was pretty cool. So, but, um, oh, geez, gosh, someone got tripped up. <laughs> that has like, to be really thrilling in this late into Valby. the race. And race. Yeah. Yeah. Valby of Florida there got tripped, but she still is in that main pack. From a spectating perspective, you have the years where someone like Wayne Kalati is out there just dominating everybody. And you're like, mm -hmm. well, she's going fast, but I have no idea how fast everybody else is going because you're looking at yeah. her relative to, to everybody else. And then you have a year like last year where, you know, Orton made that move, but then chaos happened in the last one K and we had no idea what was going on. This is a bit more traditional, almost looks like a track race where it's just little by little thinning and thinning and thinning. And there's not one person yeah. out there. So it, it looks quick, but there's still a, quite a bit, of competitors still in it but it just it looks like they've been pushing hard from the gun right and that's what i think was i mean obviously you you returned uh mercy the defending champion but it felt like the women's race up front was even still pretty open um and i think that's why you're seeing so many together which is really cool um so the update or, on the 4K split, uh, NC State continues to lead now with 79 points. So they're doing a really good job. They have four in the top uh, 15 points-wise. Very impressive with their fifth runner scoring 41. But BYU in second with 145. New Mexico also closing in at 153. So BYU and New Mexico kind of on an island right now battling each other for second with Colorado and Notre Dame and Stanford battling for that fourth spot. So we have a NC State by themselves with 79, BYU, New Mexico battling for second and third, and then Colorado, Notre Dame, and Stanford battling for that fourth podium spot. One thing I remember about this course was you get up that large hill and you make a turn and you can't quite see the finish line, but it's like pretty much downhill from there. Mm -hmm. So... I remember um, Colleen Quigley actually telling us that once you got up the hill, that's when you needed to start your kick. Um, mm -hmm. Because you had such, it was so downhill into the finish that you could afford to um, probably go a bit sooner than maybe you thought. Um, not quite like Terre Haute where you see the finish line for so long that if you start your kick, you might not be able to sustain it. Right. Yeah, that's the endless, endless kick. Denner up yeah. there from... Notre Dame running really well. Taylor Rowe, Allison Prey, Kaylee Logue. There's a lot of lot of movement here. Um, for a while there, Heckle from New Mexico. We had talked about, hey, can New Mexico get someone in the top ten because they need a they need a low stick if they're going to win. Stick. Yeah, she was up there for a bit. I think she's dropped back okay. now, but she was up up there in the in the top ten. Um, looks like Orton really now. Impressed with her aggressive racing this season, you know, first time in the NCAA and she's really, you know, not, not had any fear taking on, um, the competition, which is exciting. NC state's in a strong spot though. I mean, their fifth, is it what scoring 34 Gordon? Is that correct? Yeah. Samantha Bush. So they're, and they're then looking they're pretty good. Yeah. And their sixth is scoring 83. So there is a gap there from Bush to Holt. So if something were to happen to that top five, but yeah, they got two right now in the top 10, it appears with Camille and Tui and then um, Steelman running solid in the top 20. 
Other teams are running out of time here. Individual race is going to get exciting too. Yeah, there's still such a pack. So yeah, uh, 5K split, uh, NC State 81, BYU 136, New Mexico 149, Colorado 196, Stanford 225. Stanford finishes fifth. That would be a very impressive run based on how their regular season has gone. That would be yeah, uh, they've really an A plus been on upswing. <laughs> yeah, they str- struggled early on, but peaking at the right time. So NC State's like a KOA from first title in program history. They have to be on pins and needles here, trying yeah. to get it done. I mean, last year they were so close as well too, and then we saw what happened this year. No monstrous hills uh, to foil the plot here in the in the final kilometer. Um, Going to be a good podium battle too there. Yeah, between the, the, the three we expected. There's always so much, um, you know, fun talk amongst our team between like, you know, I have Emily Pritt and and then Ryan Hill, former teammate, like with mm-hmm. the Wolf Pack, we have a lot of Stanford Cardinals. So, um, you know, it's a lot of fun to see our former teams like all doing so well right now. <laughs> Orton at the front. I mean, she's been really in the in the mix for so, so long. I mean, the be, be, she could have won potentially two indoor titles back before the meet was canceled in, uh, in Albuquerque in, in 2020, then, you know, ran the, um, cross country nationals last year, led inside a final K then, then fell apart. Outdoors looked like might be her time last year. Um, didn't have a good meet outdoors as well. Um, but this could be the perfect way to, to end her career. Her coach said she's healthy leading up to this meet. That was not the case last year and the fitness caught up to her, but it looks like it's going to be between her and her and Mercy Chalangat for the individual title. Gordon knows what happened. I think, I think that's, I know what happened. Knows what happened uh, face. I know what happened. So I'm keeping my, (laughs) I'm keeping my, I'm keeping my voice quiet. Courtney, you go talk. Go Courtney. (laughs) You're you're seeing what's happening right now. If you look at the screen. Yeah. This is what, you know, you can see them finishing hard. Like I said, like the, it is just downhill. As soon as you get up that kind of steep hill, it is just downhill to the finish. And it's, it's so fun too. Whenever you have the crowd, like lining that whole way. Um, Yeah. I remember for myself, I was a world championship year and I was coming down that home stretch and um, even the crowd then was, uh, pushed me into being in the top six to qualify for a world championship team. So I can only imagine how they're feeling with that kind of crowd, um, getting to have spectators like that again, like they have to really be loving the environment and just kind of channeling that in as you're coming into the finish line. Orton does it after all the, the near misses, just elation on her face. Congrats to her. Looks like coming That's across amazing. in. Second is Chilangat. McCabe is third. Logue is fourth. Rowe, fifth. Camille, sixth. Haas, seven. Nichols, eight. Denner, nine. DeLay of Yale, 10. Mark Zich of Notre Dame, 11. Anna Camp, so BYU second there in 12th. Haymack, Stanford, 13. Magnus, 14. Tui, 15. And Camelli, Herman, then Heckel gets 18th. So what do we got on team scores, Gordon? So NC State, basically they held on to that lead pretty easily, wins it with 84 points. BYU held on to second with 122. New Mexico 
got third, 130, and Colorado got fourth, 187. So it kind of went to form with our top four teams. <laughs> and New Mexico gets another podium. Courtney, what are your thoughts on New Mexico Ooh. ending on podium? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I'm ecstatic. I think that's our sixth podium finish in the last eight years, um, which I think is just just so impressive. I think it just shows you the culture we have around cross country. So I'm super proud of them. And, and I think what's so cool is I love seeing like how much they were working together and stuff. Um, so yeah, super proud. <laughs> I think anytime you get on the podium, it's just, is a great day. So. <laughs> yeah. New Mexico, their sixth runner scored 46 points. Yeah. Runner. I think that's really awesome. And just like you said, it speaks to the depth. And so, um, and we have a lot of, we still have a lot of young women on the team, which is really cool too. So um, I hope to kind of see this still staying the norm for a while. <laughs> Very proud Lobo yeah. right now. So. <laughs> yeah, you had like BYU and New Mexico ran really well. And just and NC State just had an incredible performance where their fifth runner scored 26 points. I think if you told BYU, you're, you're going to get the individual champion, Anna Camp's going to get a score 11. And then your fifth is going to score 43. Or if you told New Mexico, your fifth is going to score 38. Yeah. Like the, you like their chances. It's just NC State was great today. Right. <laughs> yeah. NC State had an awesome day. I mean, I think any day you're scoring under 100 points at the national championship, like that's an incredible feat. And so, um, yeah, they really showed up and um, I think the aggressiveness early. But I think you also, I think, it, like I said, with, BYU, UNM, and, and Colorado, their finishes, you saw that altitude kind of coming in as a factor in the last, uh, um, or training at altitude coming in as a factor in the last 2K um, with how much I think kind of the, the backside of their packs were able to move up, which is which is exciting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting last year, we talked about um, BYU doing that crazy indoor cross country double where at indoors they won the DMR and Courtney Wamet won the, the 3k and then they won the the cross title but you know Orton wasn't involved in that indoor pursuit you know it was because she wasn't able to because that last season got taken from mm -hmm. her because of of COVID so they right. they won all these titles but she hasn't BYU's had all these moments but she hasn't had an individual moment she's been a key part for all these years, but she never mm -hmm. got that individual moment. It was Wayman who had that at that moment who ran spectacularly. So kind of fitting for, for BYU, even though they, they don't get the win, but Orton able to have uh, some individual recognition after what's been a really successful and long career for her. Absolutely. I'm sure like winning an individual title. Um, well, obviously I think most people would say the team titles are like the most exciting cross country, being able to win an individual one after she's probably waited for so long after that indoor season has to feel really good. Um, so yeah. And for NC State, Camille and Tui too. just, I mean, they go one two. all the hype and expectations on those two coming in Tui in particular, to, uh, yeah. to run that. I mean, you know, Courtney, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to take, you know, high school success and, and translate it into the next level. Absolutely. And, and just to come in as the, you know, they've been ranked number one throughout a lot of the season and it's a lot of pressure to, you know, come in as the favorites because you kind of feel like the only, the only way to walk away, not disappointed is to win. And so, um, 
for them to be able to pull it off today just shows you, I think, how they were approaching the season likely and, and just, um, you know, how tough they are as a team. I, that's super impressive. Um, and, um, you know, yeah, my good friend Emily Pritt, I'll have to, I'll owe her brunch because we always, um, <laughs> whoever's, whoever's team wins between the two in terms of um, buys the other one brunch. And so she's had to, I've had to buy brunch the last two years. Okay. <laughs> you had a nice run there though. You had a nice run. I did. Um, yeah. Especially, I think it was 2019. Um, UNM went fourth and then NC State was yeah. fifth and it all came down to the last K. So. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, so Colorado, we should mention them because they were the other team on the podium. That's their first podium since 18 when they won it with uh, Danny Jones leading the way. That uh, This will be their 13th podium. In, wow. in program history yeah. you mentioned new mexico this should be their sixth podium if i'm doing my math correctly yeah. and nc state their ninth but their first title byu their 12th 12th podium um for the cougars so pretty pretty interesting year just because we got to see people run back their teams from from march is a u unique situation probably won't see anything like it um and a lot of the familiar names a lot of the familiar teams back in there of course the course couldn't have been more different but when it came down to it the the teams that we expected to shine did shine gordon what do you what are your thoughts when you're looking through these results well i think it's interesting that the top three finishers were the three undefeated athletes heading into the meet orton was undefeated chalinga was undefeated <laughs> mccabe was undefeated and they beat everyone except for each other right orton came out mm -hmm. as the top undefeated athlete so i thought that was pretty cool McCabe having a phenomenal season. Uh, Steepler. Uh, Courtney, have you ever raced her? She runs for Canada, I believe. Steeplin. Have you raced her yet? I I have not because I don't think she ended up making the Canadian Olympic team. But I saw that once I saw that she won Wisconsin, I started like figuring, trying to figure out who she was. And I was like, she ran in the 930s as a freshman. I was like, this girl's going to be really good. So I have a feeling I'll be seeing her like on the scene soon. <laughs> Do you think there's any type of uh, crossover between steeple talent and being able to be a, a top 10, top 20 cross country runner? Oh, definitely. I mean, I personally think like the steeple is way more strength-based than um, like middle distance. Like I think a lot of the, in my opinion, the best steeplers are going to be able to run a really good 5k, even 10k. And then just like, you know, cross country is really rhythm breaking as is the steeple. And so I think that there's a lot of um, similarities between the two. So um, yeah, it doesn't shock me one bit that, that she's a steepler. <laughs> Man, I'm just going through and look at these results. It's interesting how last year was so crazy. This year it's like one, two, three. Okay, that makes sense. Like we had the we had the the people we thought were gonna be involved and the teams we thought were gonna be involved, but we're so conditioned in cross country to it going completely sideways. It's just interesting to look back at like, oh, okay. Yes, this made this made sense. Yeah, it is so always Courtney, interesting it actually plays out how kind of you think it's going to. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Courtney, what's uh, in a non-cross country question? What's uh, in your plans these next few weeks, few months? Are we gonna see you on the indoor scene? Uh, what can we get from you uh, coming up going into 2022? 2022. Um, yeah, so just kind of getting back into training. We just ran that Ekaden, which was a super fun team event. Kind of felt fitting for it to be this week with NCAA cross country. Um, 
but yeah, just slowly getting back into things. We'll head to altitude beginning of January and um, still deciding what I'll do kind of that early season. Um, I'd kind of love to run another 5K, take another crack at that. Um, the last one I ran, it went pretty well. So there's kind of a desire to see, um, you know, I think what I, what I could do maybe coming off, um, I think a big jump this last year. And then all eyes really just on next summer though. I think Pre was such a, a good, you know, taste of what the world championships and, and Eugene are going to look like. Um, it was so much fun. The stadium is absolutely incredible. And um, yeah, I think it'd be really fun to make another world championship team and, and try and, and go for gold in front of a home crowd. So you're because averaging, you, you're averaging one medal between appearances on the flow track podcast <laughs> and to the cross country Perfect. championships live watch party. So I'm going to extend the invitation now to you as just a token of good luck for what you can do this summer in terms of medals. Oh, thank you. Yeah. There you go. I will totally it's all take that. So. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, Court, Courtney, thank you so much for joining us. This has been fun and uh, congrats to your New Mexico Lobos. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah. Very proud Lobo. Everyone's Lobo. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much to Courtney Frerichs for joining us. As I mentioned, two-time Olympic silver medalist, American record holder, and one of only six women to break nine minutes in the steeple. Uh, wish her best of luck in the upcoming season. And now, Gordon, we're going to turn our attention to the men's race. And for that, Thank you. we have a... <laughs> special guest joining us he's been on the podcast several times before seventh at the olympics in the 5000 he's run 1251 for 5k he was the 2017 ncaa cross-country champion and he won the team championship in 2015 with syracuse he's a self-proclaimed best basketball player in the world of track and field it is justin knight justin thank you for coming on how are you <laughs> i'm good thanks for having me guys you guys make me sound better than I actually am, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, when you, on, when you, yeah, when you came on, I don't know if you remember this, you came on before track season and I asked you what your goals were and you were kind of dancing yeah. around it. And then about midway through, you said, screw it. I want to break 13. And I was like, yeah, just say <laughs> it, Justin, just say it. And then we uh -huh. put the clip out almost immediately. And I think you did it just to hold yourself to it. And then a couple weeks later, a couple months later, you, you run 1251. So you've spoken into existence on the pod. I appreciated that about you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for egging me on. You know, I didn't want to create <laughs> uh, too much too much hype into it because uh, <laughs> you know how it goes if you have a bad race. But uh, fortunately enough, I had a good season. I lived up to it. So, Justin, have you been uh, following a little bit the cross-country season now that you're a few years removed from the NCAA? Yeah, I've been um, I've been following more so kind of like the top names. Uh, you know, I wish I could follow it a little bit more, but sometimes I find myself falling behind. But uh, I'm very interested to see how it turns out. I think the the one really interesting thing that I've seen since I've graduated, and guys like Grant Fisher and Morgan McDonald graduated, is that it's pretty wide open. You have like a group of ten guys that are just not scared of each other. And uh, I think that always uh, bodes well to make a really interesting race. When you when you In see these of, athletes, oh, sorry, go Kevin. 
No, go ahead. You're already four words in, Gordon. You said we're going to alternate <laughs> questions, and then you get Justin on. You say, the plan goes immediately out the window. I was just going to ask about the course. The, the course is flat. Uh, we had Courtney Frerichs on for the women's race. She's like, hey, it's going to go out hard. It went out hard. Do you think it will go out hard in the men's side of things? It's a little longer, obviously, 10K versus 6K, but yeah. there's a lot of aggressive runners in here, and we have a perfect day and a relatively straightforward course. Yeah, I think I think it is going to go out hard. I think uh, just to my point that I said earlier, uh, back when I was in the NCAA, you know, everybody and their mom was scared of Edward Cheswick. <laughs> so uh, a lot of the times he would just uh, wait and see what he did and, and then try to hang on for that kick. But um, as I said, like, you know, once guys like me, Grant Fisher and Morgan McDonald graduated, you know, these kids are so talented. And I think it was just like, Nobody knew who was going to take that number one spot, who was going to be the next Ed Chez. And you just saw a group of guys that just weren't scared of each other trying to be that guy. And um, from what I've seen is that it's kind of continued that way. So I, I expect these guys to go out pretty hard. Justin, I, uh, with my, my time at Flow, I always try to do all these little permutations and algorithms and uh, <laughs> no, not this weird time. things with the analysis of different cross-country results. And one theory I have is that this year is very similar to the 2017 year. And I think there's a lot of mm. connections between the athletes that were like top 10 in 2017 to the ones that are top 10 now. And, you know, I look yeah. at you as, you know, the guy who's been around who, like a Connor Mance, I look at you as like Connor Mance. Yeah. I look at Cooper Tier as Grant Fisher. NAU's Baxter and Day is. Nico Young yeah. and Abdi Habinur. And you have like the Alabama guys with the Alabama guys. So with that being said, this <laughs> is playing me assuming, themselves. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. Do, do you agree with that assessment? Do you feel like you well, are the 2021 version of Connor Mance back in 2017? <laughs> well, wh whoever's playing Justin Knight's going to win the race. So <laughs> I guess we're going with Connor Mance. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, in all seriousness, I really think it's wide open. I think Connor has a great chance. Um, you know, there's a kid at Campbell that I've heard of. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I forgot his name. I feel bad. I should have looked it up before I got on here. But I heard that he's going to be a guy to look out for as well. Kyoko, yeah. I heard that he's a very special talent. Uh, you know, Cooper, man, that guy's a dog, man. Like, what he did on the track is amazing. It, it's still crazy to see, especially because um, – I think he was either a freshman or a sophomore when I was a senior, but just to see how much he's grown in that time, um, it's just truly remarkable. But I think like it's going to be a really close race. I think Connor is probably bringing the most experience out of a lot of a lot of those guys, and uh, you know he has that attitude where you know he's going to get it done by any means. So um, I think this is going to be a tough course. And from my memory, because I raced Tallahassee, I don't know if it's the same course. Um, but when I was at ACC's, there is one crazy big hill. Um, so that'll, it'll be interesting to see how the runners react to that. Yeah, there is a hill. Tough course? Well, there's a hill. They do it a couple times. I, they call it the wall. Th there's one hill. The rest yeah. of the course is pretty simple, but there's just one hill that's like, it's a hill. <laughs> yeah. What about, what about in terms of the weather? I mean, we've had recent championships where it was completely in the mud in Terre Haute. Mm. And then the snow in Madison, where it was it was really chilly. I mean, do you think it factors anybody, any style of racing, or any people who train in a different area of the country, just to not have to worry about how many layers you're going to put on? 
Yeah, I think uh, it definitely brings those Southern boys back into it, you know. Uh, <laughs> from my memory in the past, you know, I think a lot of those guys that trained in the South, they'd have a lot of, they'd have a tough time when we raced in, in Terre Haute, for sure. And then, you know, Louisville, even the year that I won in 2017, it got pretty cold. Uh, and that surprised me because I didn't think it got that cold in Louisville. But I think you're going to see a lot more guys that, you know, naturally might have had a shock to their system to how cold it was. But uh, I think I saw it's like 58 degrees over there. I think that's going to make it pretty fair and stable for everybody. Not Canada. When, uh, you, you've had uh, <laughs> no. kind of in your career highs and lows at the cross country, right? You remember your first cross country race? Oh, you yeah. Kind of finished like <laughs> in the 100s or 200. 143rd. Or 143. Uh, and then obviously you've had races where you're top 10 and winning. Um, what was the difference between those two experiences? Was it just pure talent? Was it something about being new to it? Like, how do you kind of look at those two types of versions of running in a race like this and how one can result in 143 and the other can result in finishing first? You know, um, definitely looking back at those moments, there's a lot of stuff that went into play. Um, I wouldn't say that I've reached like the, you know, the talent to win as of yet, because I was very new to running at that point in my life. Um, I was running 35 miles a week uh, at that stage in my life too. So I probably wasn't nearly as strong as majority of the guys in NCAA. And then also a lot of it just came with, um, with experience. Um, you know, coming from a Canadian school, I raced a lot of great guys. Like I'd race against Ben Flanagan all the good time. And, um, you know, but the NCAA was something new. You know, all of a sudden I was in a system where there's, you know, 100 or 200 guys that can do exactly what you're doing. And um, I think just being around the, that many people that are just as talented as you and trying to make sure that you make the right moves to uh, make sure that you don't fall behind or, you know, you don't exert too much of your energy ahead of time. I think that was a little bit of an adjustment for me. But uh, fortunately enough, I had some really, really smart teammates, great coaches. And uh, by the time I came around my second year, I think I was ready to go. If you got questions for Justin, throw them in the chat. We got one here from <laughs> Matthew. Good questions. Uh, only good questions. Okay. Matthew asked, what do you think no about such Nico thing Young? as a bad question. <laughs> what do you think about Nico Young? He wants to know. <laughs> I think Nico, Nico is a huge talent. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet him and his high school coach, actually, uh, back at Milrose. When was that? I think it was, like, right before the pandemic. Uh I don't know if you guys remember, but he ran Milrose as a high school athlete and he yep. did so well, you know, and he, uh, the one thing about him, you know, he didn't get nervous being a high school athlete. I couldn't imagine lining up with collegians, let alone pros. And he lined up in that race and he just, he did so well. He did exactly what he needed to do. He ran a smart race, ran the time that he needed. And as I see him at Northern Arizona, you kind of see the same thing. He, um, he didn't really have that period of where uh, he had to learn. Like, I think maybe he had one off race, but for the most part, he's just got right into the mix and has been super consistent ever since. So I think he's a huge talent and the coach is doing a good job to, over there. I have a question I'm, for you. I didn't yeah, submit it to you. You're not in the uh, chat. You're not in the chat. No, I'm not in the right. chat, but I didn't submit okay, it. Cool. So I'm sure so. you saw as a fellow <laughs> Canadian, uh, some Canadian run can, can, Canadian runners did pretty well at regionals. Four of them won. We had um, yeah. Kieran Lum, Haley McCabe, 
Ehab, El Sadali, and Taryn O'Neill. McCabe and O'Neill just ran. Yep. O'Neill was All-American. McCabe, I believe, finished top three. What's your uh, what's your Canada NCA power rankings right now between those four? I mean, you you probably race Ooh. against uh, Kerrion and Ehab, but you know, obviously, you don't race against McCabe and O'Neill. Yeah. I guess maybe not power <laughs> rankings, but what are your thoughts on like who's your favorite Canada strength in the year of twenty twenty one? Who's my favorite? <laughs> you know. They're doing so, you know, I had to rep, you know, I didn't want to flex or anything, but I don't have too much Syracuse gear that I'm actually allowed to wear anymore. So <laughs> I was like, if I can't wear my Syracuse <laughs> stuff, then I got to, I got to wear my, uh, my team Canada stuff to at least rep those guys and, and the girls. But, uh, I think Canada is doing so well, honestly, they're, they're doing such a phenomenal job. Karen, Karen's an interesting guy. Um, you know, he, he was at UBC for a long time and then I saw him you know, running in these pro circuits. And I was like, man, who's this kid? And he's younger than me and he's running all these times. It's pretty interesting. And then um, I remember at a New Balance Grand Prix, uh, we had a great talk. That was the first time I actually got to meet him personally. And uh, he's such a nice kid. He's so humble. Uh, he's always willing to learn. Like he's just just a great guy overall. Like I'm friends with him outside of track and field. And um, I remember talking with him about schools and he bounced the bounced a couple of schools off my head and what I thought about them. And, you know, I'm glad that he made the right decision and he went to UW and, you know, he's finally getting himself uh, situated and he had that great regional race. Um, Ehab, Ehab's my boy. Like <laughs> we've been racing against each other for as long as I can remember, like in high school, I actually like, I used to hang out with him and everything. Um, I'm super proud of him just because like, just seeing him grow, same thing. Like he's someone that looked up to me in high school and, you know, I've been communicating with him just like about the way he races and, you know, stuff like, you know, every runner has, you know, their their ups and their downs. And uh, fortunately enough, like Ehab has always stayed in contact with me and asked me questions. And just to see him doing well and making a name for himself on the NCAA stage is wonderful. And um, for the other two runners, um, I didn't know too much. I think I knew Taryn for a while or knew of her, but um, it's just really cool to see them doing well on the women's side as well. Do you have a pick for the individual winner today? Today? Ah, you know, my Gordon said you're Connor Mance, so I guess you have to pick Connor Mance. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, I, I want to say Connor, but I also think, I think Adrian's going to be a wild card too because this is his home course. You know, I, I can only imagine the coaches make, <laughs> made him run this course like maybe every Saturday or something, but um he's also a really tough guy i've had the pleasure of racing him and he had a twin brother too when they were both at coastal carolina i think it was mm -hmm. coastal carolina yeah yep. um and those guys yeah they've been really tough and i think that adrian just being his home course you know this is the weather that he's used to um and just being another guy that's not scared to put it all out there i think he might find himself in the, in the mix to win i'm wondering when you're talking about giving advice to where to go to college, if you were going to college now, knowing what you knew, put Syracuse out of it. You can't pick Syracuse. Where, where would you go? Where would 20, if you're a 2021 recruit, where would you go? 2022 Ooh. recruit, where'd you go? Well, have you seen Oregon stadium? I have you telling me I can, I, <laughs> Oh, sorry. Low blow. My bad. Too soon. No, no, it's all good. I forgot we had that conversation. But hey, you're telling me you can, I can get my hair cut in the stadium? They got a barber shop there, and you know. <laughs> that's it, right? <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think all in all, um, you know, Northern Arizona actually 
I almost went there. I almost went to Wisconsin too. Um, those are two reputable schools, have a deep history. The coaches are very smart. Um, I think Oregon, though, you know, with Coach oh, Ben Thomas being over there, I know how he was how he was at Virginia Tech, and I always respected him, even though, you know, we kind of had our little rivalry because they always thought they could beat us at at uh, ACCs. But you know, Coach Ben Thomas is a very smart coach. Uh, I think he's very similar to Coach Fox in the sense of, uh, you know, he's able to take talent and just bring the best out of it and make it into a national championship type of team. And uh, what he's been able to do with Cole Hawker and Cooper Tear, I think it, it says it all. So, uh, you know, maybe maybe I'm the typical uh, high school athlete and I'm picking Oregon, but I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Justin, on the team side, there's people say it's a wide open race. I kind of whittle it down to three yeah. teams. Some may go even wider. Those three teams being NAU, mm-hmm. Notre Dame, and um, Oklahoma State. Have you? What are your thoughts yeah. on – have you – dove into it all the top teams and teams that you think will become victorious here obviously NAU to defending champs but uh are there any non-NAU teams that you're keeping an eye on yeah for sure I mean uh NAU is my pick to win I think they've just their team is just so consistent and I think like they embody what it means to be like you know all for one and one for all uh actually I've heard that about Notre Dame as well but I think you know NAU they're just so talented that they're one step ahead of them. Uh, but I do think my dark horse, if they're going to win a team race, I think it's going to be Oklahoma State. Uh, Coach Dave Smith, he's done a great job with those boys. And, you know, there's a there's a point in time where I remember talking to a couple of my teammates uh, back in the day and we we're saying like, oh, whatever happened to Oklahoma State as a program? Like, I remember when we were freshmen and stuff, like they were always on top. And um you know, Coach Dave, he was able to get those boys back to where they're used to being. So I think uh, – and also they're used to, like, this type of weather too. So I think they're going to be in a good good spot to win the team race as well. You're right about Oklahoma State. It's interesting because they got third last year on their home course, right? But then 2019 didn't make yeah. the meet. 2013, 13th. 2017, they're 29th, 12th, 8th, 9th. They had to go back to 2013 last time – you know, they, other than, other than March when they were uh, on, on the podium and they had that run where they were, you know, they won in 09, they won in 10, they got second in 11, they won in 12, <laughs> they, they got third in, in 2013. They, they were mainstays, I'm sure, like as you were growing up and becoming more aware of what was going yeah. on in the sport, but uh, they had a rough patch and, and now they're back in, in contention, kind of similar to, I mean, Arkansas in a way too, right? Arkansas fourth mm-hmm. last year, but the year before 30th and 25th, I mean, they had some fifth and sixth place runs, but you had to go way back before you found another podium finish for them. Yeah. It's uh it's really interesting how these teams there's teams that I'm I'm seeing that are getting ranked in the top ten, the top fifteen that I've never seen before. So it's also cool how the dynamic and how mm-hmm. uh coaches have changed the atmosphere at certain, at some of these teams and you know, it reminds me of Syracuse, you know, like we were never picked to win an NCAA championship and you know, fortunately enough, I got there at the right time and uh, I was able to be a part of a team that did it. But um, it's just really cool to see all these teams and the dynamics of these teams changing and, you know, new powerhouses being made. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like um, when you were at Syracuse, Colorado was the team to beat? They're the ones who were going on the yes. run. <laughs> they would return everyone. Uh, what was the mindset that Syracuse had back then 
when you're going up against a team like Colorado that you think teams are having when they go up against NAU? You know, like what is the mindset of a yeah. non-NAU team that has a chance to win based on your experience of being at Syracuse? Yeah, based off of my experience at Syracuse, I think like right off the bat, um, we were a team that prided ourselves based off of the work that we did. You know, sometimes, you know, looking at other people's workouts, if they posted them, you might look at it and be like, oh man, how are they running that? Blah, 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 blah. But we had enough guys that knew like, whoa, we just shattered like this split, this 5K split in the workout by like 15 seconds. Like that means we're ready to go. And even though it might not be a crazy split because we're running up hills, uh, we know what we're capable of. And I think, uh, you know, in those years when we were competing against Colorado, uh, uh, I remember I used to go to practice being the young guy and be like, oh, we're hunting the buffaloes. That's what I kept saying at practice. And we're going to do it this year. You know, we're going to defeat the Buffaloes. And um, I'm very thankful for them. You know, it wasn't something that we were jealous of that team or anything, but they, their dominance encouraged a lot of teams to bring the best out of themselves. Like we had some people to chase. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of it too is like we also want to prove ourselves to the nation. We wanted to get that respect from, um, you know, a lot of people. And fortunately enough, we were able to, to gain that. Looks like they showed the starting line like there. Looks like Notre Dame has eye black under their eyes, like they're playing center field. That's that's interesting. <laughs> I'm sure there's some. We always find out later, like the fashion choices. Like the coach had some sort of theory. I remember, what was it in Washington that year? They had like or, bright orange headbands, so that way they could see each other oh, out wow. there. And then remember, <laughs> what didn't Oregon wear black one year because they didn't want the other teams to be able to yep. to see them? Yeah, there's always these weird tricks that nobody really pays attention to until after the meet's over like oh that's why you did that All you right. think uh you like. well you think kip two's wearing gloves still or uh you know is this weather oh, warm enough? that that is the <laughs> ultimate fashion question and that's what i'm most interested in yeah. seeing i think we'll find out in a second here because he's going to go right to the, right. the front you're, yeah you're able to see the feed okay justin i'm cheating my bad i'm sorry i'm i'm, I'm cheating <laughs> oh you're ahead you're ahead I, have it, I have it on my I have it on my TV, but I'll make sure I stick to this feed. Okay. Oh, you can cheat. Gordon has like the live results, which are probably even ahead of your TV. And he's like, you might want to look out for NC State. It's like, come on, man. We get it. <laughs> Justin, was there All ever right. an issue? Yeah, the women. We're talking about apparel. Was there ever an issue with mm -hmm. um, you're wearing orange? Would you ever get confused and think like, oh, that's my teammate, but it'd be a Campbell athlete or, or a UTEP athlete? or uh, Oklahoma State athlete because you were just thinking orange and then you're all of a sudden you're surrounded by teams, teammates that aren't yours. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I th <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, well, I mean, I think our uniforms were like a little bit different than Oklahoma State's, at least when I was at school. Um, I think they liked wearing black. Or maybe was that a year after I left? But I don't know, Oklahoma State. Uh, in, turn, in terms of, like, the Campbell guys and stuff, uh, I was, like, the only black guy on my team. So, like, if I saw another black guy in an orange uniform, I was like, well, it's not me. I know I'm here. Not but uh, So it didn't really cause for too much confusion. But, yeah. Well, okay, so is Kip too wearing gloves? It looks like he is, right? He was wearing gloves. Yep. I mean, He's also members. that guy. Yeah. You wore gloves I got indoors. a lot of respect for that guy. That's the yeah. one thing I couldn't get behind. You know, I can understand outdoors and, you know, cross country and stuff. But indoors, I was like, come on, man. 
<laughs> you can't tell me you're not boiling up. Yeah. Well, you've been at that Iowa State meet, right? Indoors, where they open the yep. open the side up to like lower it right before the five Ks. Yeah. Maybe they do that all the time at Iowa State for him. So he just associates that with an Ames winter. I don't know. Maybe. I wonder, you know, what his split would look like or where he would fall back if he took the gloves off. You know? Maybe it's like uh you ever watch that movie like Mike with uh with Lil Bow Wow yeah. and he like he destroys his shoes and all of a sudden he can't play basketball anymore? So exactly. maybe the gloves is where he gets it from. <laughs> awesome. All right, so Gordon's gonna be updating that chart that you see on the screen. Although if you're ahead, um, like Justin is and you're living in the future, it's probably gonna be old news. But I'm seeing uh, Cooper Tier up there. I see John Davis of Illinois. I see Kiptu, Mance, of course. Isaiah Rodriguez, Adrian yeah. Wildshot, Beetlescum. Looks like Eduardo Herrera's up there. Notre Dame actually is pretty well placed because their their greens, their greens kind of pop. The most confusing thing is the white jersey over red shorts because I think that's usually half the field with like yeah. red writing on it. You know, Iowa State, Arkansas, um, et cetera, et cetera. But this looks quick, does it not, Justin? It looks quick to me, and right now it looks like there's a a group of guys that aren't even trying to get into single file. It just seems like they're just uh, they're willing to. Oh, here you go. Now they're starting to get into like more of a single file, and Kip Two's leading the pack. But I think this He's... is playing well for Connor Mance because. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Continue. I was saying that uh, I think Connor Mance is in a great position for the for the individual title right now because Kip Two, you know, he's capable of keeping the pace and uh, holding people accountable. And he was just sitting on him for a very long time, but that might've changed just now. Mm -hmm. Well, Kip two is the control, right? Because we've never seen him go out slow. He, he, he goes yeah. between two levels insanely fast and preposterously fast. So if people are with him, yeah. we know that we know the pace is fast. It's not as if Wesley Kip two got to this meet and decided to completely change his strategy. And you can just tell some of these overhead shots or the side yeah. shots, you can tell yeah. that, they're, that they're moving. The head-on, it's a little tougher to tell. But these guys are moving. I'd say Kip 2, if we're comparing to people of the past, I'll say Kip 2's our, uh, our modern-day Patrick Tierney. How about that one, Gordon? I like that. Put in I your like algorithm. modern-day Patrick Tierney. Yeah, I update my guy. Update well, my algorithm. Well, you remember. That's a 2015 race Patrick or 2016 Tierney, race. Uh, 2016, yeah. Patrick Tierney put a beating on yeah. us that year. Oh, my God. <laughs> so we got can we say 2k splits gordon are we too close are we too far away yeah yeah i'm up i'm updating it now on our website so uh okay on our website or on the youtube so you guys can check it out notre dame first 93 notre D or nau second excuse me 119 arkansas 174 colorado 174 oklahoma state 186 byu 198 those were the well colorado's crashing the party a bit there, but those were the five that we thought would be in it. What are your thoughts so far, uh, Justin? Well, you know what? Uh, going into this race, I heard from a little birdie that uh, Notre Dame is focused on running as a team. So I think if they're leading right now and they're all comfortable with each other and you know nobody's trying to force something, even if they're capable of going a little bit faster, I think they're putting themselves in a, a great position to finish well as a team. Their first round, yeah, Dylan you... Jacob, is scoring nine, and then their fifth is scoring 28, but their seventh is 33. So they're all within that top, yeah. let's see, top 38 overall 
Methner is their their last guy, and he's in 38th place. So they position themselves really well at the start. And I'll yeah, say with the NAU... platoon battle. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go for it. Go for it, Justin. Oh, sorry. I was going to say with the team battle, it's a lot easier. You know, even if you are that front runner, uh, because I've been used to that, sometimes it is easier to, like, put yourself back and run with your team because it builds the confidence of your teammates around you. And uh, sometimes even you could, you know, spread out and everybody be responsible for themselves. But there is some, uh, you know, some safety with running together as a pack and then, like, slowly moving up together. And I think that's what Notre Dame's doing right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they have that depth. I mean, they have the blueprint from last year. They put a scare into NAU and they did all that they could on that day. But then you can't help but wonder, okay, man, if we just were a little bit better positioned early on, this course is obviously very different. I'm interested to see because we saw the women's race really go to form. Yeah, there were some upsets here and there, but for a cross-country race, it was pretty predictable. Yeah. I, if if that's the case, if we have a similar situation in the men's race, you'd you'd expect um, NAU, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame to to be in the mix, and that will, that's what we're seeing um, through the early stages of the race as we look Arkansas's at Arkansas up there, true, I guess, right? Yes, Arkansas. Let's see, we got them through three K. Well, I'm getting the three Ks right now. Notre Dame still ahead. Now NAU's closed it down to 16 points. Oklahoma State in third. Colorado five. Let's see. Arkansas six behind BYU. But Colorado's still hanging. I'll in say this Colorado's too. In... You go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say something completely random, but you go ahead. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll, I'll be real quick. Colorado, interesting that they're that position, position that high up early because we know Colorado moving a lot from eight to, to 10K. That's all I was going to say. Nice. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I was going to ask you guys a question. Um, I've seen a lot of these freshmen, um, you know, the freshmen from Wisconsin, the freshmen from Stanford, and those guys, you know, to me, I, I see them having a very bright future, but is there anybody else other than those two kids that you guys see uh, dominating the NCAA in the future or having a good race at this meet? We, we talked about this uh, last week. It's funny because you have three types of freshmen. You have the, the true freshmen. You have the, the redshirt freshman, and then you have the COVID season redshirt freshman. So oh, you could have been. <laughs> so everybody has an FR by their name, right? Like Hicks, obviously, yeah. has, has, has been great for Stanford, and, and he, but he's been around now. So do we put him in the same category as a true freshman? Gordon, who did we ultimately decide was actually a true, true freshman? It took a real long time. Yeah, Parker Wolf of North Carolina. Okay. He's someone North Carolina. The, okay. the actual true freshman. Yeah, because everybody else has, you know, they've been there for at least a couple, <laughs> a couple seasons. It's not your how traditional Hicks, freshman class. How long is, how long has Hicks been in the NCAA for then? This would be his. Let's see. Did By the he, way, did he redshirt years. and then have a? Wow. So he, twenty uh, twenty, he he ran indoors in twenty twenty. Wow. Okay. Okay. Which is so, so yeah, twenty twenty and then twenty yeah. So this is his year yeah, three, and he's a freshman. Yeah, 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 exactly. By the way, one of the most underrated track nerd things is that Justin's T first page. He's listed as J Squeeze Knight, and we still have not figured out why that is. What? <laughs> I've told you this before. What the heck? No. Oh, J Squeeze Knight. Yeah, maybe Travis can pull that up real quick. Ch type in uh, Justin Knight <laughs> T first on Google, Travis. 
his 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 trap results are under Justin Knight, but his cross country results for some reason are under Jay Squeeze Knight. I don't know if you know somebody at that website or something, and they're playing a, a prank on you or something. I Lincoln, there it is. Lincoln, our old colleague, founded a couple of years ago. I thought they would have changed it, but that's how you're Jay, listed. I'm gonna take a picture of that. <laughs> you no, know, I feel I feel like that's one of my teammates or something like that. That's just trolling me. Okay, was that a nickname ever? No, but these guys, like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like so. <laughs> I feel like sometimes these guys just like they just troll me all the time. When I was at Syracuse, I wouldn't say I got bullied, but like they let me know I was a freshman. They uh, mm. <laughs> or a sophomore and stuff. We they uh, they tease me a lot. <laughs> Most of the time, just for being Canadian, but. <laughs> Yeah, that's tough because Canadians are just known as being nice. So it's like you're going to tease somebody for being nice. Gordon, yeah. what do we got? Well, what's, my, what's the, so what's the got, of the race? We got a big change, a, kind of a massive change, to be honest. So the team scores was was always uh, NAU. I mean, Notre Dame with like a yeah. slight lead over NAU. But mm -hmm. through 3K to 4K, NAU just made a big move. Or I don't, maybe it's not a big move or Notre Dame just came back. But uh, – um, Notre Dame is now in second with NAU with a strong lead now through 4K. Well, okay, so NAU's got uh, Bosley up there, which is big, Nur and Young all in the top 11. So they're going – they're which scoring five. Yeah. The gap, though, then it, the next score is 24, which is Kusha. And then you have a bit of a gap down to 45, which is Theo Quax. And then after Quax, it's 49, which is probably reassuring for – Mike Smith, that he's got Brody Hasty right there, scoring 49. But, yeah, at 4K, mm -hmm. NAU is up by, what's that, 46 points. Colorado running really well in third, then BYU wow. and Arkansas. Oklahoma State, though, Gordon, big, a bit of a surprise. It's early days still, but they're down yeah. there in seventh. They lost four spots over the last K. You know, Colorado yeah, one... is actually another team that – oh, sorry, go ahead. No, go for it. Always you, Justin. You got it. I was... <laughs> I'm about to say this is not my show. Uh, it is today. Colorado is also another one. Of, oh, thank you. Colorado is another one of those teams that actually surprised me because, as we said, like they went from being so dominant when I was in school to kind of like, I wouldn't say falling off, but they kind of got away from that top three uh, for a little bit. But you know, Coach Wetmore, I guess, seems to have them back on on the right path. Would you guys agree with that? Or yeah, I mean, you see. The people on his squad and the fact that they're one being top two or top three at these big meets, they won Pac-12s. They are doing it with not really any big names. Eduardo Herrera is probably the one big guy, but like he's yeah. turning like these kind of middle of the pack names. And you know, they say the Wetmore factor. You get a bunch of them together, and mm -hmm. as a team, they can compete with the best of them. And it's very impressive. You know, never count out Colorado even though we do every like few years and then they're like, yep, we're not 10th, we're third. Yeah. And then we're back on the cycle again. I want to say though, looking at this team scores, um, I was texting a coach and uh, I won't say the coach. And it's like, I was, he, he was asking me, what do you think it's going to take to win? And I said, 100 points. And he was surprised. He's like, really? 100 points? And I, looking at the way it's unfolding right now, I really feel like, if you are sub 100, you are probably going to be the only one that's sub 100. I don't think we'll have two sub yeah. 100 point teams. And right now, NAU with 91, Notre Dame with 137. It's kind of 
playing out that way. And uh, but it's still close, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, all Notre Dame needs is their five and six guys, one of those guys to like have a good run and increase by twenty points, or have one of Notre, Notre NAU's four or five guys kind of fall back ten points. So still very early, but. It's looking good for NAU. It's looking good for Notre Dame. Looking good for Colorado. Um, but this is what we expected. I think Oklahoma State right now is a big surprise. Them in seventh. We thought, I mean, we had them ranked number one. But maybe Oklahoma State's saving something for the final 2K. I should text Dave and find out. Hey, what, what's going on? <laughs> He's probably on Do Not Disturb right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the story for... NAU, the reason you got to feel good if you're NAU, and that front pack is really big. You're right, Gordon. There's a huge fluctuation in that front pack, but I'm looking at it as about 27 people. Well, maybe maybe a little less. Maybe it's closer to maybe it's closer to like 20. But you got to like Bosley being up in the mix. He's in fourth, and then Nur and Young, you can count on. They've proven themselves. I don't think they're going to fall off. But Kusha. The guy you doubted, the guy you countered out, the guy you said was a liability for NAU is running in 25th right there. So their fourth guy is in in 25th place, which has got to be very, very promising for the Lumberjacks. Let the record say, I did never counted him out. I just said in order for them to win, he needs to run extremely well. You had him ranked 110th or something. You had him ranked like out of the top 100. And I was like, Ooh, guy's a former Big Ten champ. Like, that's a slap dude. in the face. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. Wait, well, hold on. You know, what? I also what? rank, I probably ranked Justin Knight, like Jay Squeeze, like 23rd. <laughs> and then he finished 143rd that year. So like oh sometimes we get him right one way or the other. So in 143rd right now, we should keep updating who's on the Justin Knight spot. It's Seth Hirsch of Wisconsin is currently yeah. in the Justin Knight spot. They're 143rd. Yeah, Freshman Seth, Justin Knight. Seth Hirsch, in a, in a couple of years, he might be an NCAA champion. He's on the, there you go. He's on the right trajectory right now. That's tough. He's a senior, so he's going to have to figure out how to make that work, eligibility-wise. What do you that think works. of this individual race here? you got Kyoko up there, Wildshot, um, Hicks, Kiptu. I mean, all the, all the players, man, yeah. hiding a bit. What do you see in this front pack, Justin? You know, right now, without cheating, I'm trying not to look up at my TV, but I really like, you know, I'm the type of runner that I tell a lot from people's form. Um, with certain people, like their pain face can trick people. Like that's how Marty Hetter was. You know, I, I think that's how Connor Mance is, uh, to my memory of racing him. But, uh, you know, I like the way Wild Shoot looks. I like the way Kip 2 looks. Connor is in a great spot, as I said. Like, he seems like he's in that space of mind where he's willing to let these guys do the work for him, and he's reliant on his kick where, you know, he's he's not letting his pride get the best of him. And um, that's the one thing I felt was really interesting about this race watching it is that you see these guys almost five, six wide. And mm-hmm. um, it seems like a lot of these people have a lot of pride and, like, they don't want to give up their spot. But, you know, it's a long race. You don't want to be leading – especially being on the outside, making these turns for that long. Okay, Gordon, a lot happened at the 6K mark. You ready to talk about oh, yeah, the yeah. state of the race here? Stuff's happening. State of the race? Things yeah. are happening? Just, yeah, do you want me to do it? Okay, I can yeah. do it. I'm, I'm, you, you got it. You, I'm, I'm updating okay. the, the, so, the site. So NAU's at 82. NAU's at 82. So their lead just continues to increase. Iowa State, this is at the 6K, is up to second with 159. Arkansas moved up wow. three spots. They're into third with 204. And Arkansas's fifth is scoring 118. So, 
I don't know. And it looks like they don't have a seventh or their seventh isn't through yet. Notre Dame dropped down two spots. Uh, they're at 209. So they're five points back of Arkansas. Colorado in fifth, 234. Oklahoma State moved up one spot, but they'll still buried at 239. And then BYU, Stanford, Washington, and Tulsa round out the top 10. BYU lost two spots there. BYU scoring 102 from their fifth, which is where the problems are, are coming in. But that's the that's the team team situation at 6K. If you don't mind, uh, can we get a check on where Syracuse is? Just for, just Syracuse for is... 19th, they moved up one spot with 502 points. Okay. Eight points ahead of Oregon. You're ahead of Oregon. Hey, that's a win. The 19 and 20 battle right there between – and you're ahead of Portland. (laughs) So there you go. Um, Yeah. East Coast, baby. Is Kip 2 pressing here? Is this the most relaxed we've seen Kip 2, Justin? We're going based off of your feed, right? Any feed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I try not to cheat. Uh, I think this is the most relaxed that I've seen him. Uh, I remember watching the NCAAs last year when he was doubling, and I thought that was insane. But he seems like his form, like I'm, I'm a form type of person. I can tell a lot of, from these runners based off of the way they look. And he seems so relaxed. He looks like he, like, this looks like a jog in the park for him. And, um, It'll be interesting to see because I know he's not known to be like a, a 5K 1500-meter runner. Mm-hmm. But um, it'll, be, it'll be really interesting to see if he can outstrength a lot of these guys. And I think, you know, if Connor Matt stays up there with them, it's going to be tricky towards the end. He might have to try to outstrength Connor, which is going to be very hard to do. Connor Mance is really good about rolling with whatever develops in the race and making the best out of it because that Kip two race last year or this year, that cross country championships in Stillwater was so wild because the course was so hard. Kip two is making all these crazy moves and he just does not let anything deter him. You get the feeling with some people, they go in and they have an idea. This is how the race is going to play out. And the moment it doesn't play out that way, they fall apart. Then they crumble. yeah, Yeah. They crumble. Mance is so resilient and flexible within each race. He sees it as this, long long journey and things are going to go well things are going to go bad and he always ends up the better of it and you know the interesting thing is connor um you know i've been friends with him for a while we ran world juniors together cross country back in uh in guiyang china i think in 2014 but you know he's such a selfless guy uh he is very humble and i think like it's it's really the reason why i bring that up is because like the way he runs is He's very self-aware of himself. He doesn't, he's not concerned about who's doing this, who's doing that, but he's very self-aware about himself. And I think like, you know, sorry, I don't even know where I was going with that, but I think like, it's really interesting Mm -hmm. for a guy to be so humble, uh, you know, so team oriented, but does not let things around him really bug, you know, the outcome of what his race is going to be. I think that's really Mm -hmm. cool. 7K. 7K, NAU continues to lead 84 points. Iowa State, 154 in second. They're obviously getting the low stick from Kip 2, but their next scores go 27, 30, 47, 48, 49. So they're in a really good spot. Arkansas, third with 211. Oklahoma State now on the podium. They've moved up two spots into fourth. Colorado, five. Notre Dame continues to fall backwards. They're into sixth. BYU, seven. 
Tulsa or sorry, BYU seven. Ah, oh, now we're at eight K. Ah, going back in time. I'm way behind. Uh, Tulsa nine and Washington 10. And now we're going to get the eight K split coming up soon. Mance is pressing now, right? Is this the move or is this not the move? What is this, Justin? Ooh, I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Something, you know, that's the happen. thing I think in the NCAA from what I've seen is that, you know, moves are being made and it's to see where your teammates stand. And I'll go back with you, maybe just to relate it to track and field. But if you look back at Edward Cheswick's races, you know, that guy was so talented. One, he could win the race if he sat the whole time. He could win the race if he stretched it out. But I'll never forget indoors. He'll drop like a random like 26 second 200 meter in the indoors, mm -hmm. like with maybe like four laps to go. And at that point, you're just like, man, I can't. There's no way I can keep that up for three more laps. So you fall behind. But then Ches, he'll like slow it down and just keep like an honest like maybe 29, 28 seconds for the next two or three laps. So I think like sometimes even in cross country with these strong kids, they try to like, they try to, you know, feel each other out and see like, oh, if I pick it up a little bit, are you going to, are you going to start struggling? And I think, you know, Connor is probably one of those guys that's capable of doing that. So we have a pack of five and then two that are just off of it there. Mance, Kyoko, Kiptu, Wild Shut, Nur, and then Hicks. Beatles come and then a couple seconds back to to Nico Young through 8k NAU Iowa State Arkansas Oklahoma State those four all stayed BYU moved up two spots to fifth they're 12 points off the podium as it currently stands Colorado six Stanford seven Notre Dame lost another two spots they're down in eight not their day Tulsa nine and then Wisconsin 10 uh Syracuse Justin is in 21st but they're leading Florida State Ooh. and Oregon at the moment. Okay. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, I feel like these team scores outside of, you know, NAU scoring such a low number, I feel like, you know, third, fourth, and fifth, those are pretty high numbers. Or Am I mm -hmm. wrong or are, are those normal or? Those are hot. Well, because... Yeah, you only have you have one team sub a hundred, and then you have one team in the hundreds, and then you're immediately into the into the two hundreds there. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, it it maybe speaks to the, just the overall depth this year that there isn't that that group up there. Um, all right, we got four four guys left here. Just, we're pulling up an article from about Justin when he was a freshman. Yeah, I see that. Was it Justin Knight, the Canadian. Has been even better than advertised in his first NCAA season after placing eight of the world juniors. I put together a solid showing at ACCs. This is a, like a throwback to you, uh, your freshman preview article. Oh, no uh, way. <laughs> Justin, we're pulling Sorry out. Sorry to disappoint you, Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. You guys yeah. hype me up just to fall for me to, you know, do nothing. <laughs> Fun fact. Okay, are you... uh, I actually cried after that race. Sorry. After the 143? Yeah, I cried. Uh, I'm not ashamed to say that. <laughs> you're only a freshman. You had time. Yeah. Um, so those four, do you think it's coming from those four? The, the winner's coming from those four, Justin? I 100% think it, it is. I still okay. think... Right now, I think Mance is my favorite. Um, 
Sorry, I can't even see the runners right now because they're previewing the course. But Kip two, I think Theo uh, wild shot. Mm, I want to say wild shot is my dark mm-hmm. horse. Still. Yeah, because it's going to come down to this last K on the close. I, you know, and Kip two because he runs the beginning of the race so fast, we never pay attention to the end of his his races, and everyone's like, he yeah. can't, he can't kick, he can't close. You know, because he has been. Uh, out kicked a couple times, but you get out kicked by Cooper Tier. It's no shame in that. It's like everybody's gonna get out kicked by Cooper Tier and Cole Hawker. That's, that's the way it works. And that's the interesting thing about Cooper. I would have thought Cooper would have been in the race for the win as well because you know his track accolades are they're insane. I've never seen anything like that before. So it really surprises me that you know cross country is not his uh, his forte. Or he's still he's I, still phenomenal at it. I'm just saying I, I thought he'd be in top top three. All right, here's the man's move. Wild shot is gone. Kip two trying to give chase. Oh boy. Kiyoko in third. This is Mance doing his his usual long drive from home inside a final K. Uh, I think this is this is playing out exactly how he would have wanted it. I think if Mance wrote down how he wanted the race yeah. to go, I think this would have been it. I'm cheating so there. much. I'm just staring at my TV right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Uh, Kyoko, what a turnaround after, you know, new to the NCAA a couple of years ago and was really inexperienced at this level and then just completely uh, has had was a break. He, oh, my gosh. Is he D3 or Juco? Gordon, do you remember? I don't think he was. Kyoko? No, he wasn't. He was uh, just Kenyan. Coming from overseas and came in and oh, started wow. dominating. Look at the kick. Thonis Kyoko. We called him a sleeper. He was undefeated this year, but not against great competition. Oh, he's looking around a lot now, though. Oh, Justin knows what happens because he's ahead in the feed. Here comes Connor Mance. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And just like that, it's over. Just like that. <laughs> Connor Mance said, Yeah, you can. I didn't, I didn't want to say anything. Oh, but Kyoko gave us that moment. Too. Gave us that moment there. Man's closing hard. About to have a BYU individual sweep here with Orton in the women's race and Mance and the men. When was the last time we seen a, a individual sweep by a team? The trivia. Justin, Sorry to ask this tough question. I know. You've asked so many of them. You got you to gotta throw these to us ahead of time. <laughs> Gordon's thinking. That's Gordon's I should have sent you my thinking. questions ahead of time. Yeah. No, no. We should know, know that. That should, that should, oh man, this is easy. This is easy for Connor Mance. I know times don't matter, but, oh, he smoked it that last 400. Kip two, Kyoko third. Now we're watching to see the rest of the field come in. I will read the names. Uh, Hicks, freshman, fourth. Beatles come fifth. Wild shot, sixth. Nur, so NAU's top guy there in seventh. Klinger, so that's BYU's second in eighth. Uh, half two Stringzos of uh, Villanova nine, Dylan Jacobs of Notre Dame 10, Nico Young 11, Kemboy 12, Bosley 13, that's big, Robinson of Stanford, Boyt of Arkansas 15, Allen 16, Chebison of Arkansas 17, wow. Binnenfeld 18, Bassioni of Wake Forest 19, Muhammad 20, Pollard 21, Rodriguez 22, and Blanks 23, Herrera 24, Sandali 25. I'm trying to, where did Kusha end up here? 
Okay, Kusha ended up in 37th, so he's there for... Oh, Hasty right behind him in 39th. So it's going to be NAU. Wow. And right now, I'm seeing on the screen it says uh, Iowa State second right now on, on you guys' feed. That yeah, should hold Iowa as State, well, too. Iowa State second and Oklahoma State third. Oklahoma State... Now, just built throughout the – I mean, at 5K, Oklahoma State was in seventh at – you know, and then just built and built and built from there and really mounted a comeback. They were sixth at 6K. They were fourth at, at 7K and then just moved their way up progressively throughout. So good run there. But NAU, 6, 9, 11, 32, 34 for the Lumberjacks. Five titles, wow. six years. It's impressive. Or now, you had questions I, 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 about NAU. You had questions about NAU, and they had answers for I you. I did. I got. They gave questions. me answers. But I do want to say one thing. I'll, I'll let uh, Travis pull it up. So last night, I sent a text okay. to Mike Smith and Jeremy Sudbury, the Iowa State and Northern Arizona coaches, and showed the, the text chat. I sent them. I showed Travis. I sent chat. to you individual text. This is a text I said. I'll, I'll, I'll read it right now. This was sent yesterday. You have the thing. I said, um, let me read it. Where is it? Oh, sorry. Okay. I ran a bunch of different predictive algorithms for NCAAs, some more complex than the others. There's one, though, that is an only nutty slash pre-nats algorithm. It correctly predicted BYU, NAU, Colorado in 2019. And this year, it outputs NAU, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, which is exactly the result we got. No way. Boom. Well done. Hey, Gordon. And Jeremy responded you go saying. got to buy a lottery ticket. <laughs> he said, that would be a good day. We'll see what happens. Yeah. And it happened. I'm surprised he responded to you. That's the other upset in that text chain. Oh, is that Cooper oh, Tier that's down right now? Cooper? Ooh. Oh, no. Yeah, it is. Oh, no. Jeez. Struggling to get to the finish line. He's on all fours right now, about 50 meters out, struggling to even walk. Not how he envisioned his day going. One of the favorites, but he's trying his best he can to get across the line. Yeah. This is this is. Have you ever had this happen to you, Justin, where your your body just gives out and there's just nothing there? I've never had it, but you know, I sympathize to the people that have got it, and for him to keep getting up and trying to finish. You know, not a lot of people would be able to do that. So, you know, I hope he's okay. And, uh, you know, he's, he's had a phenomenal season. I can only imagine how tired he, he is. Right, it's great sportsmanship there. You see one of the other runners trying to offer to help Syracuse. him. But I, think, I, I think he knows, you know, he wants to get across on his own, own accord here. But, yeah, when you go past that red line, like, and you, your body just says no more, it's like, that's it. That's it. And all the good intentions yeah. in the world, you know, don't help you. Okay. He gets across the line there and collapses. And now he's going to get some medical attention as soon as he crosses the finish line. That can be scary too, with so many people trying to finish yeah. and run quickly. And then you have a person who's on the, on the ground in, in obvious pain. So hopefully quick recovery for Cooper chair, one of the brightest stars in, in the NCAA. I mean, I, I just remember all other big stars, right? I mean, you remember Jenny Simpson 
right? Famously having uh, her, her body oh. just give out on her. Chris Zielinski had it happen as well too. Like this meat can take the best people and and turn yeah. them into into mortals and 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 can re reduce them down to what you saw right there. But great resilience for him to to finish that race. Um, yeah. Gordon, thoughts? Justin, thoughts overall on the race? I'll let Gordon go first. <laughs> well, he's got more algorithms. Well, I'm happy that my yeah. algorithm went one, two, three. That's pretty pretty impressive. So we'll see if Jeremy responds. Hey, he's like, you need to text me the night before every race of what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> I mean, obviously we have the, the teams that didn't do well. I think you can look at that seven, eight, nine pack of BYU, Colorado, Notre Dame. They had championship hopes, podium hopes. So I'm sure they're a little frustrated with how that unfolded. You kind of look at what happened. BYU, I mean, like I said, Garnica needed to be top 25. He finished 48th. And then their 4-5, which just weren't in the that top group. Notre Dame, we knew what they had. We knew they had that six All-American returners. But it just wasn't one of those days where they could able to replicate what happened last year. So when when you're having, when you're relying on people who last year finished 25th, and then they, this year they finish 100th, it's probably not going to go too well. In Colorado, I mean... They're they're still not they weren't expected to to win, but you know they still had you know five all in the top seventy three. They just didn't have a, a true number one who's in the top ten and a true number two who's in the top twenty five, which is what you basically need to compete. And on the positive side, NAU, I mean five out of six years. Uh, I've done the math. They now join a very. Um, illustrious is that the phrase illustrious Sounds illustrious <laughs> illustrious j squeeze illustrious they now join um arkansas uh from 1990 to 1995 arkansas won five out of six uh northern arizona now joins that group to win five out of six from 2016 to 2021 now if they were to win next year they will tie utep utep won six out of seven from 75 wow. to 81 so they have one more win. I know we're already thinking about, hey, what can they do next year? But they're moving up the yeah. ranks to have what could arguably be the greatest dynasty of all time. Because right now, UTEP still holds that mantle, winning six out of seven. Northern Arizona now at five out of six. They're on pace to potentially uh, pass or meet UTEP's record. So that's impressive from Northern Arizona. And then, got to give credit for Iowa State. They won Nuttycomb. They... Despite winning Nuttycomb, it didn't get as much recognition. And a big reason for that is because, one, Oklahoma State wasn't there, but NAU, Arkansas, Colorado, BYU, Notre Dame, all the teams we thought were in contention were all at pre-nets. Mm -hmm. So you kind of looked yeah. at that result mm -hmm. with, the, with the grain of salt because you're thinking, well, NAU wasn't there, Colorado wasn't there, BYU. But, hey, they got the job done. The win actually meant something. And they're again second here behind a dominant NAU team. And Arkansas, sneakily always there in the top four. I think back-to-back -back podium finishes for Arkansas. Same with Oklahoma State. Um, Arkansas, they they had a chance to potentially surprise NAU, but their fifth was 108th. So mm -hmm. for perspective, yeah. they went 10, 13, 14 through three, which matches up with what NAU had through three. But when your fifth yeah. man is 108th, you're not going to get it done. And Arkansas, 
did have one of their top runners not run this year, Luke Mead, a transfer from Furman. So I'm sure Arkansas saying what could have done if we what what it could have been if he was healthy to be a, a better five runner for us. But still, podium is podium. You're gonna take that any day of the week. And Stanford men yeah. looking good, finishing fifth. Yeah, I mean, I I agree with you, Gordon. Everything that you said, uh, you know, I predicted NAU was going to win. Uh, I think we got to give Iowa State their props, and uh, especially with what you said, like they kind of went under the radar uh, with pre-nats and everything. But I think even too uh, a point that wasn't brought up was that they also had a coaching change, right? Uh, I think um, this Coach Smith was it, Martin mm-hmm. Smith. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So I think like. You got to give the team their props there because, you know, whether or not their coach now is already at that score or not, it's still new territory. It's kind of hard to have a coaching change, you know, uh, in the middle of your season, especially if you're an athlete coming back. So, you know, I think Iowa State, like, huge props to them to get second with the coaching change. And um, I think the other thing I want to mention, too, is that I love the fact that NCAAs is being hosted at different, you know, colleges now or different courses. I think, um, you know, it was, it was a lot more easier to prepare for, you know, Louisville and Terre Haute every year. You know, after you get your feet wet the first time as an athlete, you kind of know what to expect. But I think, um, you know, changing them up every year kind of makes the race more interesting and throws a lot of factors that, you know, you wouldn't have if you're just racing at the same two places every time. So um, I really think that's a cool thing that the NCAA incorporated just to have them race at different different spots. And um yeah, I think I just wanted to say, like, even Stanford, I think they, they were the biggest surprise for me. I didn't have them as uh, being in the top five, but it was really cool to see what that coach did over there at Stanford after Coach Milt left, just to keep that name, uh, you know, notable as it always has been. Mm-hmm. Looks like we got the answer to your question, Justin, about the last time there's been individual title sweeps. Travis sent oh. us this, 1980, <laughs> 1988, Indiana, Bob Kennedy wow. and Michelle Deckers. Michelle Deckers and Bob Kennedy. So he had to go back to 1988. So you're right to ask the question because you think about yeah. it. Wait a minute. It's, it's been a while since you've seen <laughs> that happen. And uh, 1988. So before before you were born. 1988. Was, way before I was it. born. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, Justin, this has been uh, terrific. Thank you for coming on and, and sharing your insights with us. Your, let's see. Where did your Orangeman finish here? Let's see. Oh, they got into the top 20. 19th. 19th nice. place. 19th. There. There you go. There and you go. I'll say this. When I was an orange man, previous years to me going getting to that school, we'd usually, you know, stay around that range. And then uh, you know, as Marty Heher came in and changed the program. So maybe we're on the trajectory to win another national title in the future. So I'll have to talk to mm-hmm. Coach Bell and see what he thinks about that. <laughs> yeah. And then 100, 143rd, special shout out, Ryan Johnson of Air Force, a junior. So junior. So he's got time. He's got time to have the just Ryan night Johnson turn, turn around. Yeah, I think you, you should send him a message. You are on the trajectory to be in the top five next year. <laughs> if we're going based off of me, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I think you made his day, yeah. Justin. That's terrific. But uh, thank you so much for for coming on, Justin. Good luck. Uh, this uh, are you running indoors meets this year, or are you just waiting for outdoors? Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, I should be. Uh, we'll see how the season goes. I kind of had a long time off. Uh, you know, I think the year was very long for me, just running a lot of fast races and a lot of great times. And uh, I took a long break, but, you know, I'm just getting back into running now and we'll see where I'm at come January and February. And 
you know, obviously my agent, you know, he always gets his guys into Melrose. So you might see me over there and, uh, okay. you know, I'll be, I'll be ready to go for outdoors for sure. Do you want to make any predictions like you did last time with the sub 13? No, <laughs> no, no hit me up, right. hit me up in, uh, hit me up after indoor season. I'll tell you what's going on. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. We'll hit yeah. you up after indoors. Thanks a lot, uh, <laughs> Justin. Have a, have a great rest of the weekend and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me, everyone. See you. Thanks, Justin. All right. That was Justin Knight, formerly of Syracuse, Canadian Olympian, 1251 in the 5K. Well, we did it, Gordon. We got through another NCAA cross-country championships. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. That was exciting. Uh, so, I mean, I want to go back things to that we expected though. to happen happened. Things we didn't expect to happen happened. That's what you wanted to go. I make, I make fun of your algorithms a lot because listen, who wouldn't? All right, <laughs> but but I think I think it makes sense. So basically, what you're doing is you're taking the results of the most important meet of the year, you know, outside of nationals, when people are actually trying, usually for the most part. And you're putting a lot of weight on it, correct? This thing yeah. might be something you want to continue to do in the future. The only weight, in a way. But this also required me projecting where Oklahoma State would have finished at that meet. And I did that by comparing Oklahoma State's Big 12 results to Iowa State's Big 12 results. And so I basically put mm -hmm. Oklahoma State into the Nutty Comb results to mirror Iowa State. And then... Added a couple Notre Dame athletes, and uh, it outputted the exact same top three as the result, and it did the same thing in 2019 with an order of BYU, NAU, Colorado. Very impressive. I, I, we'll do it again. We'll see if it goes three for three, the algorithm. Yeah, I just – I think you have so few opportunities in cross-country to figure out who actually is good and who is really good and who is just good. So you, you take the one where you know people are trying, even though they hold people out sometimes, and you and you make that the cornerstone, it, it makes sense. Um, all right, anything left to talk about? Anything else you want to discuss? Surprises? Sleepers? Uh, you won the fantasy thing, by the way. Oh, I did? disappointing. On both men and women? I didn't total it up for the men. but So for the women, you were ahead. You had 43 points. I had 72. Colt had 78. Colt went four, three, four, five, and still ended up with 78 because Vestry DNF'd or DNS'd one of the Ooh. two. And then Covert was 31, and then Allen was 35, and Frenthway was 38. So we had a lot of All Americans, but he just did not have the, uh, he didn't have those final two pieces. So you were ahead 30 points going into the men. And then for the men, you had uh, Mance, one, Wildshut, six, Klinger, eight, Jacobs, 10, Bosley, 13, and Bienenfeld, 18. You had tiered. It didn't even, didn't even matter. So I don't think any of us are passing you with that because I had, I went two, three with Kiptu and Kyoko, but then I had Young and Kemboy, but then I have to go up to 20 for my third guy. And then Colt had Rodriguez, Nur, Hicks, Kiprop, Liking, Beatlescum, and Kipsang. I don't even think I added his up, to be honest. I just didn't think that was a 30 point. We can do the give a like a full debrief oh wait hold on okay all right i'll do it then all right sorry so but rodriguez wasn't any i guess i counted you out because rodriguez wasn't there so hicks you had four and five i just don't think you're making up 30 points on 
on uh what are you talking about i got nur and beetle scum come on man okay hold on hold on so wait you had hicks is four gordon keep talking talk about wake forest gordon people want to hear about wake forest wake forest yeah well we're gonna see if we can get potentially one of the coaches to call in um i texted mike smith he's probably busy celebrating but maybe he'll click on the link and we'll get a quick uh rapid reaction from mike um but uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I'm. I think the question that you know, the story coming out of this meet on the men's side is going to be how insane that what NAU is doing. I mean, there's always signs of like eventually it's got to come to an end. They won this meet with zero seniors. They had zero seniors on the roster. They won the meet with Oklahoma State and Arkansas and Notre Dame returning everyone and them losing two of their top guys in Grijalva and Blaze Farrow, but they're still able to pull it out. Um, there's something happening in Northern Arizona. I, I, obviously, Mike Smith is a hell of a coach. It's been coach. happening for a while. It's been happening for a while, but like, this isn't normal. It's not normal to win every year. It's normal to be in contention every year, finish podium, maybe a fifth, a first, a first, a second, but to be First, 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 first. It's not normal. So uh, I think we need to recognize as cross-country fans, we're witnessing an unusual event and that we should kind of savor it because we might not have a run like this for another 20 years when, you know, a team in the 2030s goes on a, a crazy, crazy run. All right, I got the scores. Uh, Colt, you got last. You had four, five, seven. But then you had Rodriguez, 22, and then Kip Sang was 48 because Bob Liking, great name, but didn't get it done today. He got 66, and then Kip Rob DNF'd. So uh, it's going to be Gordon 1, me 2, U3. So that's disappointing because I really wanted to make fun of Gordon. About I know. It. But you kind of got – you got two DNFs. You got two DNFs, Colt, in, in one in the men's race, one in the women's race, which you can hang your hat on that because Gordon has complained about DNFs in the past. I'll use that as my excuse. Okay, good. That'll, that's what I'll use. <laughs> um, all right. Any qu questions in the chat if you got them? How long were you waiting on this, Gordon? I don't know. I, I forget how long it took for him to call him last time. We'll see. I mean, we can little wait a few more setup last. Little, little different setup last time. Uh, yeah, put comments or questions in the chat if you got them. Uh, if not, Gordon, I'm sure we'll... Uh, get all the interviews with the coaches next week like he did last year just the entire podium very diligent remember that last year that was fun yeah, yeah and dave smith called out nau says we're gonna beat you next year he came close i ranked him number one going into the race but <laughs> they got third but yeah i'm sure he's gonna say they, the same uh, thing this year he's gonna be like, we'll get him next year so yeah nau really I mean, Hasty really came to play. That's a clutch run from Brody Hasty to get All American again. And yeah, he finished like seventh in the JV race, the open race at Prenats. Yeah, and and I said, don't count him out because he's got the heart of a champion. Because the back, because their sixth was ninety seven. Theo Quacks went backwards. He lost forty spots in the last K and finished one hundred fourteenth. And then was Raf their seventh at one thirty six. Yeah, yeah, it was Raf. He he he. So th they needed all five of those guys to, to deliver. They had a little bit of wiggle room because they won by forty five points, 
but there was a definite drop off between five and six. Iowa State, though, that's impressive, right? So you got you got Kiptu, we knew about him, but Pollard scores eighteen. Zapata scores thirty six. Festus Legat, your favorite runner in the NCAA, uh, scored thirty nine. Just missed all American, and then Ford forty two. It's a great run from them. Um, yeah, so for them, it was having that pack between three, four, five. They're all run, running yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. And then across the finish line together, that bumped them into the second spot. Well, their sixth guy scored 57, too. So they would have been fine with, with uh, one of those, you know, if that, if that fifth guy back, you know, fell back. Um, I thought, I mean, you look, at, you look at Oklahoma State and you see, like, where they – finished it's like their fourth guy at 51 i guess that was you wouldn't have said that was enough but three in the in the first 25 in terms of score might be enough to do it yeah well one they needed probably they could cut off like 10 point maybe 15 points for isai right finishes the top five so there's a little bit there but then they needed their their fifth to be mayor got was their sixth guy and Mayer was their sixth guy and scored 123. Like, Mayer needed to be where, like, Foster was, basically scoring 23 points, or Shitsama speeding, right? Mayer and Mayer and Shoppy ended up being the, the sixth and seventh, and they're probably expecting more from them. Arkansas, it was just that fifth runner. Camboy scores 10, Boyd scores 13, Chebison scores 14, Cabet scores 50, and then their fifth runner, Richter, scores 108. So, again, they wouldn't have beaten NAU, but they could have uh, finished higher up without that big of a gap. But, hey, that's what the uh, what the whole sport's all about. So, uh, Jeffrey says, NAU with five All-Americans last year, ND had five All-Americans. How often does that happen? Five is rare. Five is very rare. Yeah. Yeah. And I use the only team that did it this year. It's crazy that Notre Dame did that last year and lost. It's like the luck of having your best performance ever be the same year where NAU does their thing with their top four. It's just like crazy. Yeah. All right. Early rankings for 2022. Go. I mean, I'll figure it out by Monday. There's the I can women's tell you right now. Hold on. There's the women's Notre Dame. scores. I'm I mean, NAU one. will be ranked number one. <laughs> really? Yeah. Cole, put up the women's scores. I'm gonna I'm gonna put up the men's scores now. So Gordon for the men, one plus six plus eight plus ten plus thirteen. You scored thirty-eight points in the men's race. Yeah. I mean, people will complain that we didn't do snake draft. I don't know why you didn't do that, but I was willing to take the competitive advantage. Of you giving me the first pick in every round, but it would know. it wouldn't have helped. It wouldn't have helped. This was it's all luck. Who who I thought mean, that was gonna happen with Cooper Tier? Come on. I mean this stuff you can't. Yeah, I did it. I had forty eight. I lost you by ten in the men's race. I needed to gain thirty points because the women. And then Colt, very, very loyal to the Big Twelve. So the Big Twelve appreciates Colt, even if we don't. All the time. Appreciate his scores. So he went four, five, seven, twenty-two, forty-eight. Colt, you got boat raced, man. Eighty-six. 
I honestly thought it was going to be much worse. I'm, I'm kind of happy with how it ended up. So let's go scores. overall here. Overall, Gordon is 38 plus 43. Uh, Doing math? 31. Yeah. Well, I got a calculator here because I don't want to mess it up. Gordon at 81. Uh, Kevin, 48 plus 72. That's not 81. <laughs> That's not 81. Uh, 120. Yeah, okay. So you kind of NAU'd us. Yeah, basically. This is an, or, an, or an NC stating us. Colt, 86. So your men's score was higher than Gordon's overall score. 86 to 78. 86 <laughs> to 78. The whole point we were proving that you didn't not need great. to know anything to do well at this. 164. He's close to you, Kevin. You should be worried. He's coming for you, John. That was part, it was supposed to be part of the bit. Was he was supposed to be really close, and that was the joke. So there we go. Uh, David says you have a great sense of humor, Gordon. There we go. So looks like uh, Mike might not be able to make it, even though we're waiting on him. So I think we'll have to get a ring check on some of these interviews, the rapid reactions with the coaches, and uh, – We'll be back on Monday morning to a, a more thor yeah. thorough recap and reaction to these NCAA champs. Let me see how my Hopkins women are doing. They're trying to win are another one. They're D3? the NAU. Yeah, they're the NAU of uh, women's D3 cross country. Let's see how they're doing. Oh, just race just started, and they're in third through 1K. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. Big shout, Johns Hopkins, 24th for the men, women. Uh, they're in third place, not looking good. Hopefully they can make a, well, they're running like a pack. They're in 31, 33, 34, 36, 37, 38, 41. That's their team. So I think they're doing pretty good. Stay tuned. They're running like Notre Dame of 2020. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, thank you again to our guests, Courtney Frericks and Justin Knight. Thanks to Colt for producing. This has been another edition of the Flow Track Podcast. We do this three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, live on YouTube, 9 a.m. Central. You can catch it archived on the site or on YouTube or on the audio platform of your choosing. We'll talk to you on Monday.